0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I am uh, I am so excited to be with you guys this morning. Um, I had a good week. It's <clears throat> like I, I greatly enjoy speaking, like particularly because you're all week you're laser focused on the passage, and you know Scripture tells us to meditate on the Word of God, and you, you can't help but meditate on the Word of God to speak, you know, on Sunday. So just, I'm, I'm feeling good this morning. So, hey, wasn't that a great Lord's Supper this morning? Like, I just got to say, like, like, what did you guys eat for breakfast this morning? Like, that was like, just Travis started us off talking about peace and about the Lord's return and Roger and Randy and Jay and I know I'm forgetting others. Chase and just David. Yeah, just thank you guys. Thank you for all who shared. Like I say, I, I know I probably missed somebody in there, but that was a that was a wonderful Lord's Supper. And so Yeah, under Dave uh Wienbacher, I understand let's just close in prayer. Like and this like we've had a full morning already and so Praise the Lord, and thank you, praise team. Thank you guys for leading us there. Here, let's, let's just open with a word of prayer, and, um, and we'll get to it. So here we go. Heavenly Father, thank you for the morning we've had already, the Lord's Supper. We've had a great time of worship and singing. Um, we've had some good times in fellowship, and so just thank you that we can come here For our Sunday mornings, every Sunday, be focused on the things of you, God. Focused on the peace that Christ gives us. Um, Rejoicing in the hope that Christ is coming again. Studying your word, looking into Ephesians, and and just getting charged up for the week. And so we thank you for this opportunity, Lord. And we do pray now as the word of God is going to be open And we're going to seek to learn from it this morning. I pray that your Holy Spirit would empower me to boldly proclaim your word accurately, Lord. And I pray for all of us this morning that we would have open hearts um, to um, receive your word this morning. I pray that when we walk out today that we are not the same people as when we came I pray that we are at least a little bit different, a little bit further in our Christian life. So we do ask for your help, God. And um, we acknowledge our dependence on you this morning. And we do pray these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him. Amen. Amen. When I was a senior in high school, I had to complete a large senior project. Um, There were 300 of us that were graduating. I went to Riverside High School in Durham, North Carolina. That's where I graduated from. But before I graduated, you had to do this big senior project. And the project was that every senior in the class, 300 of us would receive a different work of classic literature. Everyone was going to be different, and it would be assigned to you specifically, you had to read that classic book, and you had to read the biography of the author, and then you had to, the paper was on how the work of fiction was was a result of their life, or how their life influenced their fiction writing. And I remember being nervous, very nervous about what book I was going to receive. Actually, I, this, is, this is the truth. I still have nightmares about it every once in a while. And I just, like I imagined, like I imagined war and peace being assigned to me and like having to read like Tolstoy's biography. And, and I was not a good reader. I did not know how to read well in high school. And just classic literature is not always easy reading. And so I was, I was nervous, and I kind of sat in the back of class. I can still see my teacher coming down the aisle, like giving out the note cards with people's names and the book on it. And I remember, I can see the moment in my mind's eye. I can see him come to me, Giving me the card, and I feel like it was like blurry at first, and like came it, it came into focus, and I received the Two Towers by J.R. Tolkien. I saw that and I was pumped. Okay, the uh, Fellowship of the Ring had just come out in theaters. I saw it. I loved it. Like I couldn't believe it. Like I was like just. Like I didn't even I wouldn't even didn't even think of that as classical literature. But I was so pumped. I um like I read I read the first novel and then I read this one. Like and I just I just soaked it up. I couldn't believe it. Like I got this novel. I was like I feel like I hadn't won much in my day, but like that day I felt like I won the lottery. Like I just oh I still am happy about it to this day. So anyway, reading, reading this book and then reading Tolkien's biography, I, I, yes, enjoyed the book as a story, but I was also captivated how Tolkien, he wrote with these large themes. Like his books aren't allegory, like you'd say, like if you've read a Narnia series, for example. But he does write with these big themes stemming from his faith. And then he put those into to the novels. Like that was his basis. That was his foundation that he is a believer in God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And these big themes of good and evil, light and darkness. How can I put these into a novel? And how can I illustrate these? Not allegory, but how can I big picture illustrate these large themes of good and evil, light and darkness? And I think, about, I think about those themes that I read back as a senior in high school, and think about, um, think about that in light of what we come to this morning in Scripture, in Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Okay? The title of this message this morning is, Walk in the Light and Expose the Darkness. Walk in the light and expose the darkness. Um, this is kind of the theme of this section, this short section that Paul is going to be talking about, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And you know, you think about this dichotomy of light and darkness. Much of the Christian life can be seen through this theme of light and darkness. Um, Just to review, we are studying the book of Ephesians here at Bethany. We've been doing that for quite a while. Here's just a a rough outline of Ephesians. Um, If you remember back in chapter 1, this is, once again, Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus. Um, Chapter 1, the first part, talks about how God has a master plan that he's working since the foundation of the world. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms of Christ Jesus. Wonderful passage. On um, The second half of chapter 1, there's a prayer for the church, Open the eyes of our hearts. Um, if you know that song, it comes from that prayer, I believe, in chapter 1. Uh, the first part of chapter 2, we have the gospel drama. The gospel drama, I like to call it. You are dead in your trespasses and sins, but for by grace you have been saved through faith. Um, I, that's my nickname for it, the gospel drama. Second half of chapter 2, you got Jews and Gentiles but now the church, okay? In the Old Testament, and actually you mentioned this this morning, Travis. Travis reviewed this section for us. In the past, in the Old Testament, you had this distinction, Jews and Gentiles, but now they are one in the church. Uh, Chapter three, the first part, you got the idea of the revealed mystery of the church. In this New Testament era, the church has been revealed. It was a mystery in the past, and now it's revealed. Three um, B is a great prayer for spiritual strength. Four um, A we have unity and spiritual gifts, talking about the unity of believers, spiritual gifts, and now we are in this larger section of the Christian walk, kind of a larger section that goes from second half of chapter four to the beginning of through the first part of chapter five, the Christian walk. Um, I've really appreciated, um, particularly, you know, some of George's messages on this passage. Um, You see see a rubric of the Christian walk, and he gives you different themes within the Christian walk. So last, well, two weeks ago, it was walk in love. Walk in love. And in in that section, there's also, there's a There's a positive and a negative. Walk in love, but stay away from sexual immorality. Walk in love, watch out for the counterfeit. And here in this section, it's Ephesians 5, 8 through 14 we're talking about today. In this section, we see that same contrast. We see that same theme and contrast. Walk in the light. Walk in the light as Christians. But expose the darkness. Watch out for the darkness. Expose it. Okay? So, there's our title again. Walk in the light and expose the darkness. Let's just go ahead and read through the passage this morning. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. Here's what it says. Verse 8. For you were once darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what pleases the Lord, or finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest or made visible by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Verse 14. Therefore, it says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That's Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. The first verse here, verse 8, a call to walk in the light. Um, We were singing about it. Jesus is the light of the world, okay? We were once in darkness. We were once dead in our sins, okay? We were once walking in darkness, but through Jesus, we are now walking in the light, walking in his light. Um, The illustration comes to mind of like, of, like, the moon, like, very simple illustration, like, okay, Jesus is the sun, he's in the illustration, he's the sun, and we're like the moon, we reflect his light. We are the lesser lights reflecting off the true light of the world, the Lord Jesus. When we are saved, yes, we say we transferred from darkness to light, but there is a call to keep walking in the light. Don't go back to the darkness. Keep walking in the light. In verse 9, it says, If we walk in the light, we will have the fruit of the Spirit, which is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. This is the fruit. You think about how a tree, like, just naturally produces fruit, like. You know, I don't have to command the apple tree. Produce apples. You know, it's just it's what it does. It's an apple tree. It's, it goes through the process and produces apples. And that's like us. Like, we walk in the light. We follow the Lord Jesus. We produce what is good, not bad. What is right, what is not wrong. And truth, not falsehood. So we're following Jesus. We walk in the light These should be byproducts of what we produce. Goodness, righteousness, truth. Shine the light. Walk in the light. Wherever you are as a Christian, wherever you go, shine the light. Shine out these things of goodness, righteousness, and truth. I think about our congregation and Just thinking about, like, like looking out at you guys. Like, we've got people all over this area, you know, shining the light. You know, I see Ben here at UNI shining the light. And there's others, okay? I know Jeremy works there. Rachel works there. Yeah, shine the light wherever you are. You know, we've got business owners. We've got moms who shine the light to their kids. We've got an orthodontist shining the light. As she shines, makes your teeth shine. Just kidding. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I should behave myself up here. But but yeah, just shine the light wherever you are. If you are a doctor, if you work at UNI, if you are um, a coach, a business owner, shine the light. Walk in the light and let these things shine out. Shine the light. Verse 10, it says, and find out or finding out What pleases the Lord, or what is acceptable to the Lord? We want to figure out how to best shine the light. Okay? How to best walk in the light. So we need to figure out, hey, what pleases the Lord? How can we best do this? Well, how do you figure out what pleases the Lord? The Bible, of course. Number one, the Bible we read, we study the Bible as Christians. It's our manual. How do we shine the light? Well, let's check out what we got in the Bible. Figure out how to shine the light. <laughs> I once had a, a boy in youth group. Um, I think he thought I was doing a trick question. I said, like, how do we find out what the Lord wants us to do? He's like, uh, uh, through dreams. Dream. Like, no. Like, you know. But no, yeah, much simpler. We have the book. Okay, read it. Sometimes we have to study it. You know, 2 Timothy 2, 15. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to know his word. You need to know how to walk in it. <clears throat> I love that our church is called Bethany Bible Chapel. Um, I feel like this is the number one thing about our church. We teach the Bible and, you know, our our leadership here using the best interpretive hermeneutic methods that they know of, they study the Bible, we seek to follow it, and also being faithful to the plain reading of the text. Um, Lord, what would you have us to do as a church? Um, It's in the word verse 10, once again, it says, find out what is acceptable to the Lord, what pleases the Lord. Um, You know the Bible, it is sufficient for daily life. Um, In your walk with the Lord, sometimes there are situations where you think, how does, how do I please the Lord in my context? Like um, yesterday I was, was on Facebook for just a little bit, and people are graduating left and right from everywhere and everywhere in between, and, you know, I think of those graduates thinking like, you know, there's no verse in the Bible that tells you what to do after you graduate from college, like, like you know, I should be an engineer. No, there's nothing like that in, you know, the Bible, but you figure out what pleases the Lord, okay? And maybe it's not a question of what's, it's a, should I be an engineer or should I be a doctor? Neither one, are, both are good. Be both. No, just, you know you, get, you, you know, you figure out what pleases the Lord for who you are, okay? And so, yes, we honor the Bible, but you know, for a question like that, you figure out what pleases the Lord. You, you seek wisdom, wisdom. There's a whole book of the Bible on wisdom. You seek wisdom, You ask an an older brother, like, you say, like, Caleb, you know me, like, should I be an engineer or should I be a doctor? What do you think, man? You know, you, you ask an older Christian with wisdom, you know, how can I please the Lord? How can I walk best in the light? You find out what pleases the Lord. Shine the light. Verse 11 kind of switches here to the negative, okay? The negative. There's positive Walk in the light. And then there's a negative expose the darkness. Verse 12, or huh, verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. You see here in verse 11 how there's a contrast. Like in, in verse 10, you got the fruit. Of the Spirit, you know, goodness, righteousness, truth. Whereas then in verse 11, you got the unfruitful works of darkness. You see that? So go after the fruitful things. Do not pursue, do not have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. It says to rather expose them, okay, to expose them. You think about, um, the imagery here is one of light. You know, if, I'm, if I am walking into a room at my house, let's say I walk into a closet, I got to get some out of the closet, and I, I turn on the light, it is exposed. You know, I can see, um, <laughs> I always have trouble finding my shoes in the closet. I can see where my shoes are. The dark, it's exposed. The light is shined. And you know what wins every time? The light. Every time the light is shined, light beats darkness. You notice that? Every time. I don't flip the switch and I don't see an epic battle of light and darkness fighting in the closet. The light wins every time. The darkness is exposed. And it's the same for the Christian life. Walk in the light. You know, the sins of our lives, those unfruitful works of darkness, shine the light on them. Shine the light. We get them out of our lives. And to steal an illustration from William MacDonald, you, like, let Christ shine the light everywhere in your heart. Don't let any closet of your heart, any corner of your heart be unexposed. Shine the light, expose the darkness. The light of Christ will win every time. Shine the light, expose the darkness. Verse 12 For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. You know, sin, a lot of sin is, basically all sin is shameful in one way or another. And we do not want to have fellowship with it, and we don't want to overtly dwell on it either. Um, I'm going to use a quote I heard in one of our small groups a few years ago, and I hope I'm quoting this right. I believe I am. In regard to sin, we want to be, like if you think of a particular sin, we want to be innocent in regard to sin, but not naive. Okay? We want to be innocent in regard to sin, but not naive. Okay? Sins out there, you know, I don't want to delve into the depths of every sin out there and know the ins and outs. I don't want to be, so I want to be innocent in regard to particular sins. But I don't want to be naive. I, I want to know that there's dangers out there, and I want to guard against it. I don't have to know all the ins and outs, okay? But I don't want to be naive either. I'll give you an illustration. Um, I've done some work in rescue mission work, and um, a lot of the guys in the rescue mission and you know, Christian Rescue Mission—they're fighting drugs and they're, they're um, detoxing and just changing their lives, and like teaching Bible study with some of these guys, and talking to them, I realized that I am very uh, innocent in regard to drug culture. I've never um, have had an issue with illegal drugs in my life. And um, I don't know the ins and outs of the drug culture per se. Um, and so, and, I, and I'm okay with that, okay? I, I want, in a sense, to be innocent in regard to the ins and outs of that sin. But yet, on the other hand, I, I don't want to be naive. Um, you know, working with guys like that, teaching them Bible study, I don't, um, you know, I I don't want to be naive. I want to just be aware if something's, I need to recognize something unusual. Um, I don't want to be naive in my own sense that maybe I could fall into that sin. You know, maybe I could be tempted and um, get away, stop walking in the light and fall into that sin. I don't want to be naive to it either. And I think that's the idea here of verse 12. As best as we can, we want to be innocent in regard to sin. It is shameful to speak of many of these things, to speak of the depths of them. And I know there are times like, you know, rescue mission, like guys who are deep in that ministry have to go deeper than others. I get that. But, but in generally speaking, I want to be innocent in regard to sin. Not naive, okay? I want to guard, but be innocent, For it is shameful even to speak of those things done in secret. You can see here there's a, once again, a play on the, the darkness theme. Darkness, you can do things that are secretive there. That's the text is saying. Verse 13. But all things that are exposed are made visible by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Once again, this verse is driving home the point. The light beats the darkness every time. Shine the light. Walk in the light. Let Christ shine the light. Let the Holy Spirit shine the light every area of your life. Clean it out. Expose this. Expose it. Shine the light in the darkness. Verse 14. Therefore, It says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. I'll read that again. Therefore, it says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Wake up. It says if you're asleep, wake up, rise up let Christ give you light. <clears throat> you can probably see in your Bibles most Bibles I imagine verse 14 is kind of set off a little bit like it's a quotation. And most likely as best as I can tell this is not a quote from scripture. This is most likely a a early church hymn that Paul is quoting. And it's it's I mean it's natural he would do that. I would do that if I was Writing you a letter, David, in Oklahoma, I might, you know, to encourage you, I might throw in a, a hymn. You know, why not? You know, a verse from a hymn. And so, I think that's what's going on here. Some Bibles translate it, he says. I think a better translation would be, it says. Uh, for the Greek, people who know Greek. there's no altos here. And so, I think it's, it's an easy jump just to say, it says here. So, therefore, it says. Like, I believe he's quoting a hymn. Here. And it's a hymn to wake up. You're asleep. Wake. Arise from the dead and let Christ shine on you. We, as Christians, the encouragement is to always walk in the light. But the darkness is slick, okay? The darkness is cunning. Sometimes, you know, we could be walking in the light, but we can just casually slip into darkness. You know, you think about uh, in the darkness, hey, darkness is comfortable. You know, I like, I turn off all the lights when I go to sleep, you know, it's comfortable and you sleep. I better not talk too much about sleep in a Sunday morning service, but you, um, yeah, you go to, you can fall asleep in the light or no, fall asleep in the darkness. We want to walk in the light. Now, for you guys, I looked back on an old message, and I pulled out my list of life for an Iowan, okay? The top points for someone who lives in Iowa, what a normal Iowan does. Once again, I'm not from around here, and so just things I've noticed, so Iowa people work hard from youth to adulthood. Iowans are hard workers. They play lots of youth sports. They become a musical all-stater. And number four, they take regular vacations to Florida. So, still surprises me every once in a while, but hey, but I'm sure Florida's great. Um, number five, attend a prestigious Iowa college. Number six, you go to church regularly on Sunday mornings. Number seven, you land a great middle, upper middle class job. And then number eight, retire in style. And so um, I just pulled this out. You know, a normal life for an Iowan. And um, I mentioned this before when I shared this, like none of these things I think are bad things per se. Um, it's, you know, it's good to want to be educated. It's good to work hard. Um, yeah, it's good to, you know, play sports and, you know, learn competition and teamwork. Yeah, you know. So none are sinful, I think, you know. I, not, but um, I think about we can fall asleep just coasting. You know, and though these things, they aren't bad, they can become darkness. In our lives. You know, for us, you know, our jobs could take hold of our lives. Where we uh, neglect family. You know, and though jobs are, are necessary, we provide for our family. And it's good and biblical to work hard. But there is a point where these things can become darkness. Um, Bob and Teresa, I think about last week, or... A few weeks ago, you guys challenged us just with uh, on the youth sports idea. And, and I think you guys made the comments. You said, like, this struck with me. Like, how many Sundays a year are you going to miss for sports? And you're like, put a number to it, you know? And that was, whoa, that was, um, like, like I went home and I, I thought, like, you know, that's, I... And, I, you know, and I don't want to be legalistic about it, you know, I know there's grace in the Christian life, but my thought was, like, I don't want ever for my kids to think, like, this is more important than church, you know, like, I I never want them to think, like, that that always trumps church, you know, and so um, just, you know, just one, something I was thinking on the last few weeks, um, you know, none none of these things are inherently bad, but they become they could become darkness. Like even number six, like, you know, go to church regularly. Like, I kind of worded it that way. Like, we could fall asleep. <laughs> You can fall asleep in church, both literally and figuratively. And, you know, it is, it is good to go to church. The Lord can stir you up here, but a better verb would be like, be the church, You know, we don't want to just go. We want to be the church. But you know, all these things too, like the scripture says, verse 14, once again, wake up, you who sleep awake. Rise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. Yeah, you know, we, I mean, maybe I I described your life (laughs) spot on. You know, this doesn't have to be darkness. Instead, all these things you can shine the light in. You know, you become a musical all-stater. Shine the light as an all-stater. You know, I'm, I don't know what goes on, what, how you become an all-stater, or technically what it's about, but you can shine the light of Christ there. You can shine the light coaching sports. You can shine the light at your job. You know, what you do as a Christian, walk in the light, shine light. The light. Produce goodness, righteousness, truth. Wherever you go, let this fruit flow from you. Just like, once again, an apple tree producing those good apples. You know, wherever you go, whatever you do, produce this fruit. Shine the light. I want to end just with, well... I say end, but I kind of have some lengthy illustrations here, so we'll probably end on time or a couple minutes after. But anyway, I uh, have a f- few illustrations here. Um, this first one's kind of crazy. Well, there's my um, title again: "Walk in the Light and Expose the Darkness." Um, last year, I read a book, and it was it was crazy in some regards. Okay, it was. By a guy named Shawn Michaels, a WWE wrestler, wrestling for my life, and um, this—it was just an incredible book and just um, very just interesting. Um, Michaels—and that's not even his real name—but anyway, Michaels was a um, a WWE wrestler in the late '80s into the '90s, and I even remember him as a second grader, like kind of watching him, and um, he was a wrestler, he was kind of a, a bad dude, and um, he had a bad image that he portrayed, and that um, portrayed as a wrestler, per se, um, was into drugs and whatnot, but, um, but he broke his back wrestling. Um, a wrestler, Steve Austin, broke his back, went off script, and humiliated him a little bit, too. And just tore him up. Um, he had to retire and, um, and, you know, you break your back. And just through painkillers, got on drugs, and just, just terrible. Sent him into a depression. Well, his wife had rediscovered the faith of her childhood. And they had a couple kids, and she said, Sean... You got to get your life straight. You need the Lord. He hit rock bottom and he said, Yeah, I need help. So he goes into a church, I think like a country church, and like the pastor's there and he says, I need help. I just need help. I need to change. And the pastor doesn't know who he is, and the pastor says, Well, have you been saved? He's like, I don't even know what that is. What do you mean? But then the pastor leads him to Christ and he becomes a Christian. And in a way, he never looks back Um, through his Christian faith, through the help of his wife, through the local church. He um, gets his life in order, gets drug issues um, situated, his back heals, and he changes his life. Well, during this time, the owner and the CEO of the WWE, Vince McMahon, is calling him like, Sean, we want you back. We want you back. We got to have you back. And he starts thinking about it. He's like, "Can I shine the light in the WWE somehow, some way? Can I do this?" And okay, elders at Bethany, get what if you ever had a someone come to you like, "I'm thinking about joining the WWE." Like, shine, like you know, like that's not normal. But anyway, a very unique situation. He talks with his elders at his church, gets counsel, and they're like, "We don't want you to lose your testimony." So anyway, he goes before Vince McMahon. Sorry this illustration is going a little long, but... Anyway, he goes before the CEO of the WWE, and he says, like, the story of Nehemiah before the king is, like, in his mind. And he says, Vince, I'll come back to the WWE, but everybody has to know I'm a Christian. People behind the scenes have to know that I'm a Christian. If I play a character on stage... That person has to be a, a Christian. Everything about me has to shine the light. Vince looks at him and says, okay. He's like, all right. So he, he said, thinking about Nehemiah, the story of Nehemiah. So he said, I just go for it. He says, and another thing, Vince, we got to change things around here. Wrestlers are into drugs, and I don't like what you're portraying on the TV sometimes. We got to just change the whole industry here. Vince looks at him and says, yeah, I think we could tone it down, I guess. And so Sean was like, okay. And so it was an, just, then the Lord used him. He returned to wrestling, and he says, I just, he's like, it's funny, my church is watching wrestling and telling me, you should do that, don't do that. And like, and he's, and he says, like, I'm praying, I'm sharing my faith. He said, I'm about to go out and wrestle, and I just, I tell guys beside me, hey, let's pray. And there's this, huge muscular wrestler named Goldberg that just, just starts hugging him and weeping like just saying like, they're about to go out and slam each other on the mat you know and it's but it's, just, it's just crazy and um, he retired and now he says he trains the younger wrestlers and he teaches them to become family men he says we've we've gotten the drug culture out of wrestling and he says and I'm, I'm trying to share Christ wherever I can. And it's like, just like, it's kind of crazy, like, and I think about that, and I thought about it in this message, like, like I, I couldn't do this, you know, but just God used in the most unique situation someone to shine the light there, and um, just, yeah, just really interesting story, and um, I, I pray for this brother every once in a while that he will stand true and just keep shining the light, and there's... And uh, let's just say there's plenty of ministry left for them, okay? (laughs) Um, Okay, and I want to contrast that with this article that I read, okay? I read this article back in March off Gospel Coalition's website, and it's a story of a young girl, Leah Church. She played basketball for the University of North Carolina, prestigious school, and um, she, was, she was in the rotation. She was like the sixth girl or the seventh girl and played, and so definitely in the rotation. Um, it was her dream to play at the University of North Carolina, shining the light, strong testimony. But then she writes that her junior year, things changed. The coaching staff changed, new players come in, and she said the team became a dark place, became a dark place. And um, she said she came to the point where it was truly a choice. There was too much darkness. It was no longer a place she could shine the light. And she had to choose. Her dream of playing it, her senior year was coming up, so after her junior, she said, am I going to choose God or basketball? She said the choice was very clear. And in the end, she chose She chose the Lord, set out her senior year, and um, in God's providence, looking back on it, she said, you know, it was a year of COVID too, so it just, it, it worked out like she could see God's plan looking back on it. And I thought about this illustration just in light of the sermon this morning that, like, sometimes this might be where you're at, where the darkness is around you. And, like verse 14 says, you're attempted to fall asleep in the darkness. And so she had to come to a place where she said, I would fall asleep in the darkness. I would go with the flow, the team, dramatic change in the team. And I had to leave. I had to wake up, in a sense. And so I share both of these illustrations with you. Like, just like, I don't know where you are at. Um, I mean, I could talk to you, but for each one of us, it might be different. Um, Maybe God has called you somewhere really unique to shine the light. Okay, maybe you are, maybe you're at you and I or at, you know, your company. And God's called you there for your mission field to shine the light. And God has you there to produce fruit of goodness, righteousness, and truth. Shine the light where you're at, okay? Maybe that's where God has you. Or maybe you're over here with this illustration, okay? Maybe you're at a place of darkness and you're falling asleep in the darkness. And maybe you're at a place where the Lord is calling you. Like big changes need to happen. I need to wake up. I need to get out. I need to choose God over college basketball, or or you name your thing. God over I need to wake up. I no longer want to walk in the darkness. So I put that just before you. Um, Shine the light. Shine the light. Go for it. Walk in the light. But don't Fall asleep in the darkness. Okay, be aware of where you're at. Don't fall asleep in the darkness. Just one last point in closing. Um, When I think about light and darkness, you gotta bring it all back to the gospel. And I just want to throw that out here at the end. You know, for all of us, there is this epic battle of darkness and light. And for all of us here, we were once walking in darkness. And the light of Jesus Christ had to come into our lives and defeat the darkness. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and rose again on the third day. He is the light of the world. And for it, the Bible says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The light of Jesus Christ will defeat the darkness of sin in your life every time. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Every time that happens and a person gets saved, the light defeats the darkness. So if you're here this morning and this battle is new to you, maybe you're still walking in darkness. I would love to chat with you this morning about that. Walk in the light. Shine the light. Figure out what pleases the Lord. Walk in the light. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that he is the light of the world. Thank you that light defeats the darkness every time. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Lord, I pray that you would help us as believers this week to walk in the light, to produce fruit of goodness, righteousness, and truth. Lord, help us to figure out what pleases you. And Lord, kind of just like verse 14 says here in the ending illustration, give us wisdom too if there's a place where we are falling asleep in the darkness and need to make a dramatic change. We need to wake up. Give us wisdom in these things, God. Help us to figure out what pleases the Lord. And God, once again, we thank you for this morning to uh, gather together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the true light of the world. And like we just said, if there be a person here that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as his or her Savior, we pray that today would be the day. Give them the courage to talk to me or... Talk to one of um, the members here, and we do pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.